you're listening to the Lutheran Ladies Lounge podcast. I'm Sarah. I'm Erin. I'm Bree. And I'm Rachel. It is 2021, a new year, hopefully, at least the first year, first year, first week of the year. Maybe it felt like a year already. I don't know. <laughs> the first week of the year has treated you well. We didn't do resolutions this year. Maybe you heard our last episode on our uh, wishes and prognostications for We're 2021. We're not playing the game anymore. You can't get Oh, playing. there's no game anymore. That's sad. However... We are going to do a quiz today on resolutions. So this is going to count for our New Year's resolutions for this year. <laughs> so since this is a quiz, Rachel, take it away. Thank you, Sarah. Happy 2021. May all your 2021s be better than your 2020s. <laughs> Thank you. Yes. We are. Yes, this quiz is mostly on resolutions, but also just on, on New Year's celebrations in general. Hmm. Because people have been doing, have been celebrating the new year since time almost immemorial, as we will see in our quiz. Which takes me to question number one. Which ancient people are widely regarded as having been the first to make resolutions at New Year? I'm so not ready for this quiz. I'm <laughs> that is not where I thought that question was going. I was going to be like, Mayans. The Aztecs, end of the world, Mayans. Aztecs, good guess, Mayans. I'm going to go with Egyptians. Okay, very good guess. Any others? I'm actually going to go with an Asian culture. I don't know what the ancient groups were called, if anything. <laughs> okay. Like, not if anything. You still have like, to have a name. name. You, can't just, you can't just describe. You got to give a name to it if you're going to get the answer. Um... I don't know any names of them, though. I don't know, like ancient China. I don't know. Ancient Chinese. Would it help if I said it's a group that you would have heard of in the Old Testament? Oh, um, the uh, Moabites. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, I'll just Just stop you right there. It was the Babylonians. That makes sense. So the Babylonians, some 4,000 years ago, are are regarded widely as the first to hold celebrations in honor of the new year. Their new year, though, and and throughout history, many people's new year has not started in January, but in the spring when crops are planted, because that's the new agricultural year. So during a, and this this comes from history.com, during a massive 12-day religious festival known as Akitu, the Babylonians, made promises to the gods to pay their debts and return objects they had borrowed and generally be good people. And if they kept their word, the pagan gods would bestow favor on them. And if they broke their resolutions, well, they would fall out of the gods' favor. So there was some teeth to that practice of New Year's resolutions, I guess. (laughs) But it it was the ancient Babylonians. They loved accountability. You can't Babylonian Empire. Yeah. Yeah. Now, another group of people that uh, celebrated the new year were the ancient Romans. But there was a big change that took place in 46 BC. What change did Julius Caesar introduce that has continued to shape our New Year's celebrations to this day? He added months to the calendar. He did. He did. He reformed August? the calendar and January. 
and I don't have notes for this directly in front of me. So correct me out there if you hear me say something wrong. But they had a little problem with the Roman calendar in that since they made their months according to the lunar cycle, their annual calendar was getting more and more out of sync as time went on. So Julius Caesar introduced reforms to the calendar that would get it back on track so that each year would be pretty much the same according to the solar year. And that included putting the first month in the first day, January 1st. Imagine Um, running on a political platform where you're like, I'm going to bring calendar reform to the White House. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to get us back on the right track of calendarism. Well, hey, somebody could run on daylight savings time, though. And that's that would be true. Went wrong. <laughs> I'd vote for him. Oh, yeah. But it, I mean, it's a huge problem. If March is in the spring one year and 50 years later, it's in the middle of winter, you know, that's going to mess with things a little bit there. Yeah. So it was a needful reform. Now, January is named for the Roman god Janus, a two-faced god whose spirit inhabited doorways and arches. And they believed that Janus looked forward and backward. So he Hmm. looked back to the previous year and forward to the new year and was therefore a fitting emblem for the first month of the year. So when they made their resolutions, they offered sacrifices to Janus and made promises of good conduct for the coming year. (laughs) But not everyone throughout history has stuck with Julius Caesar's idea of when the new year should start. According to an article from the medievalists.net, various places in Europe celebrated the new year at different times, some at Christmas, some at Easter. Of course, we all know that the first Sunday of the church year is in Advent, usually in early December. But another popular day to have New Year's was Another feast day in the church year that fell in March and signaled a key moment in Jesus' life on earth. So which church feast day was a popular medieval choice for the new year? And the clue is, it has to do with Jesus, and it happens in March. The Annunciation. Yeah. 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 Well done. (laughs) Yep. The Feast of the Annunciation falls on March 25th. And again, as previously noted, this is during the spring planting time, uh, right around the vernal equinox. And so when you have that sort of confluence of solar things happening, agricultural things happening, and of course, Jesus, the Annunciation signaling the beginning of Mary's pregnancy with him. Perfect perfect day to choose for your new year, according to some. So fun fact before we go on, the patchwork quilt of New Year's celebrations could lead to some sort of awkward and confusing situations for travelers. So the Medievalist website goes on to quote Francis and Joseph Guy's book, Life in a Medieval City, where they say, a traveler setting out from Venice on March 1st, 1245, the first day of the Venetian year, would fi- finding himself in 1244 when he reached Florence, and after a short stay going on to Pisa, where he would enter the year 1246. <laughs> Continuing westward, he would return to 1245 when he entered to Provence, and upon arriving in France before Easter, he would be once more in 1244. 
So, and you say time travel isn't real. Yes. Okay. <laughs> it That's was cute. in the Middle Ages. <laughs> so our, it may, sort of makes our international dateline look pretty straightforward by comparison. And it's a good thing that we all celebrate the new year on the same day, mostly. Although it is worth, worth uh, mentioning that we have our own sort of maze of new years because the new school year, the new fiscal year, the mm-hmm. new church year, all of these start at different times and somehow we manage to keep them all straight. Or attempt to anyway. It's hard. Yeah. You know what? Want to know what the worst is? It's when I was in grad school. I had to keep track of the academic year, the fiscal year, and the calendar year. I don't know how I did it. Mm. Uh, yeah. It's so hard. Your brain well, is anyway. bigger and better because of it. I, sure. Yeah, apparently. <laughs> I think. Now, aside from the penchant of the medieval people to put their new year at weird times of the year, they also just didn't make as big a deal out of the New Year celebration as we do today, especially not the January 1st New Year celebration. January 1st, of course, falls right in the middle of the 12 days of Christmas. And there was another giant party day just after New Year's that got a lot more attention. Which day was that? Epiphany. Uh, nope. Epiphany <laughs> is not a party day. <laughs> it is for some people. Okay, yep. Sarah has a big party on Epiphany. That's what I was going to say. <laughs> what big party day? In, in the Middle Ages, you yes. said? Mm-hmm. One of the biggest party days of the year. It's not Fat Tuesday, is it? Nope. No. Wait, okay. in January? In right. January. It's not actually a day. It's a night, if that helps. Twelfth night. Twelfth night. Yes. Ah! The last huzzah <laughs> of the 12 days of Christmas is Twelfth night. And it was I a day traditionally mm. when they w- there would be bonfires, you, you know, song and dance and a lot of drinking, feasting. There'd be the Lord of Misrule who was put in charge of everything. And there was oh, sort yeah. of a role reversal of lords and peasants. And everything went crazy on Twelfth Night. And a lot of what we now, uh, the, the ways in which we now often celebrate New Year's Eve would have been celebrated. Twelfth Night. End of the Christmas feast. Nice. Beginning, you know, And the next day you go to church on Epiphany. So it's yes. good. <laughs> Another key factor that prevented New Year's Day from getting much attention in medieval Christian Europe. Sorry, we're spending so much time in the medieval era this time. I just love that time period. So do I. It's fair. (laughs) I'll allow it. January 1st was already a major feast day in the church, though Mm. one that we don't always talk about. Mm Mm-hmm. Which church feast celebrated in Lutheran churches to this day? It is in our hymnal, but don't look it up because that would be cheating. Which feast day traditionally falls on January 1st? Circumcision in the name of Jesus. Oh. Good job, him nerd. (laughs) You are blowing us away, man. (laughs) If you start on Christmas and count forward, you will find that January 1st is the eighth day of Christmas. Okay. Uh Uh-huh. And that is the day on which Jewish boy babies are circumcised and so that is the day that we commemorate the naming and circumcision of jesus this is theologically significant at which a lot of lutherans have pointed out even if we don't like to talk about circumcision very much 
It's theologically significant because it marks the first time when Jesus shed his blood for us. Mm. That in this case, it wasn't on the cross to atone for sins, but it marked the start of his life of perfect obedience to the law of God. That he was circumcised to fulfill the law of Moses. And interestingly enough for hymn nerds out there, the New Year's hymn now (laughs) greet the swiftly changing year, LSB 896, actually references this in stanza two. It yes, says, remember now the son of God and how he shed his infant blood. Rejoice, rejoice with thanks embrace another year of grace. <laughs> so that theologically speaking was just a little bit more important than watching a ball drop is remembering <laughs> that moment in Jesus life. Catholics, by the way, also celebrate January 1st as a feast, though nowadays it's assigned as the Solemnity of Mary. But either way, whether you're talking about Mary or circumcision, it's a pretty big deal. Mm-hmm. Moving on to question number six. Speaking of New Year's hymns, <laughs> there are five hymns in our Lutheran service book that are specifically designated for the new year. I gave you one just now. Now greet the swiftly changing year. So hymn nerds. Oh no. Can you name any of the other four? Don't lose any street cred, Sarah. I believe in you. I want to say now thank we all are God, but that isn't one of them, is it? Nope. That's Thanksgiving. I know, like, they're they're right between the eight eight nineties and, and nine hundred. <laughs> Oh my gosh, you're the best. Yep, 896 and following. Oh man, you're going to get me on this one. Can you hum a little bit of a tune? I'll hum the last one for you, okay? Okay, My favorite one. Okay. Because maybe that'll get us rolling. (laughs) Well, my favorite one I will list last. So we had now greet the swiftly changing year. We have the ancient law departs. Oh, yes. I love that you say, oh, yes, because I don't think I've ever sung that hymn in my life. (laughs) We have Across the Sky, The Shades Shades of Night. night. (laughs) Jesus, Name of Wondrous Love. Oh, I like that one. Dang it. (laughs) (laughs) And my favorite New Year hymn, which is actually, if we're going to be purists, traditionally a Christmas hymn, but they put it in New Year's because it actually mentions New Year. And that is the one that has the tune that goes... Sorry for my voice sounding like a crumb horn today. <laughs> we talked about medieval stuff. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> Anyone? Does that get Does that get you there, Sarah? Him nerd. Give us I know the first how the word. Goes. Okay, it's O. Come on. This is one of my father's favorite Christmas hymns. And he likes to sing it in German. It's oh, rejoice ye Christians loudly. Oh, of course it is. Oh. <laughs> peace with God. Holy peace, a glad new year. Joy, oh joy, beyond all yeah, gladness. No, Christ has done away, done, with done away with sadness. Hence all sorrow and repining <laughs> for the son of grace is shining. <laughs> and it's just this giant crescendo to the end. Uh, you know the first slide, and I know the rest of it. <laughs> <laughs> and you just hope your voice doesn't crack when you get to that uh, D at the last, because you have no breath left because you've been belting out the entire chorus. <laughs> yes, those wow. are our New Year's hymns. And if our hymn nerdery was a little thin on this, it's actually not surprising because 
New Year services are sort of hit and miss in the Lutheran Church. We don't always hold services on New Year's, and usually we go straight, hymn-wise, we go straight from the second Sunday of Christmas into Epiphany. Mm-hmm. There are, however, Protestant church groups that do and traditionally have held church services regularly on New Year's. One of them, probably the fir- the the one to get the ball rolling on this, was started by an 18th century churchman who held what he called a covenant renewal service on New Year's. Can you name the famous Protestant church leader or the movement that he founded? Wesley? Give the woman a point. Very nice. (laughs) (laughs) Sarah, you know, does this count if you don't know what the hymns are? (laughs) <laughs> you know i'm not sure what it says about your lutheran street cred that you couldn't name the hymns but you did go straight to wesley <laughs> well now you have a new year's resolution for yourself i need to memorize the whole hymnal this year i'm sorry guys <laughs> <laughs> so this again is from history.com in 1740, the English clergyman John Wesley, founder of Methodism, created the covenant renewal service most commonly held on New Year's Eve or New Year's Day. They're sometimes also called watch night services, and they include readings from scriptures and hymn singings and are meant to sort of provide a churchy alternative to crazy New Year's parties, which are <laughs> a thing. Uh-huh. <laughs> But as part of this, people would, you know, sort of dedicate themselves, their lives, the coming year to God and make resolutions as well of things that they wanted to grow in spiritually. So that's one of the historical precedents we have for New Year's resolutions. So flashing forward to the present, Twelfth Night is no longer a big deal, but New Year's is. And we often make resolutions that might put even those early Wesleyans to shame. <laughs> they are rather ambitious sometimes, let's let's admit. But I need to memorize the entire hymnal. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Call so me out. <laughs> here, here is your question number eight. It's a critical thinking question to oh, see if no. you've been paying attention so far. In what key way do our New Year's resolutions today differ from those made by the Wesleyans, the Romans, and the Babylonians? They're focused on self and not appeasing another party or appeasing God. Yeah. Yeah! (laughs) Yeah! That New Year's resolutions today are pretty much strictly a secular practice. Whereas, you know, the ancient people would make promises to the gods and then accept either the favor or the punishment that came with sticking to them or not sticking to them. Whereas the Wesleyans, definitely they're, you know, those those resolutions, the Methodists, those resolutions were made with the intention of honoring them before God, that most people today make resolutions to themselves and focus purely on self-improvement. New year, new me. Yep. So every year, <laughs> which if you think about it, makes them even harder to keep. Yeah, because if you're the only one holding yourself accountable, it, 
That's, that's why I don't. That's rough. Uh, that's a lot of pressure on you. Secular resolutions are hard, but we keep making them anyway. If you had to guess, what percentage of people would you say make New Year's resolutions? 60. 87. 43. Okay, turning the page here. No? Nope. Where'd it go? There we go. Sarah, are you cheating? Because it's 60%. No, I promise. According cheating. Obviously, the numbers the numbers vary from survey to survey, but according to Inc.com, from which some of the figures will come over the next couple of questions, 60% of people make New Year's resolutions every year. Here's a more here, here's another one. What percentage of people keep their New Year's resolutions? Seven percent. Five. <laughs> Three. Okay, Brie, your optimism has paid off here because eight hey! percent according to this survey. <laughs> Which I don't know. I think that seems high. I mean, I, I didn't see in the survey whether it said keep your resolutions to the end of January or keep your resolutions for the rest of your life. I, I think probably somewhere in the middle is where that 8% number goes. I have sometimes successfully managed to keep them going for six weeks. I don't think I've ever made it a full year. Smarkles. Mm-hmm. Reasonable. All right. Question 11. And we have now come to the family feud portion of the quiz. Oh, boy. Inc.com cites the, the page that I, I got these figures from. So if they're wrong, hate them, not me. Inc.com cites a survey of 2,000 people who were asked about their 2019 New Year's resolutions. Can you name any of the top 10 resolutions for 2019? Weight loss. Uh, That would be number three, 54%. Really? It's only number three? Well, I want to know what number one is. Think about some corollaries there. There's some... Diet. Going on a diet. Diet is number one at 71%. 71. Second one, exercise. exercise. Number two is exercise at 65%. And you got top three. I think that's a win. I know. (laughs) Drink less alcohol. That would be number nine at 15%. Is read more books on there? Yes, it is. Number seven. Quit smoking. Number six. Save more money? Save more money. Number four. Okay. So how many do we have left? You have three left. You've gotten okay. seven out of ten, you guys. Really <laughs> less screen time. What? Less. Sorry. Less screen time. No, actually. That's ridiculous. It should be on We're there. all addicted to our phones. We are. Nobody's <laughs> willing to give it up or even try. Nobody wants to give it up. <laughs> I'll quit smoking, but I'm not quitting the phone. Pick up a new hobby. Learn or learn something new. Number five. Okay, I'll give you the last two because I don't think you're going to get them. All right, number 10, spend more time with family and friends. Oh, yeah. And number eight, which none of you would possibly be interested in, is find another job. (laughs) (laughs) I knew you would get that because you all love your jobs and are very good at them. That's right. I don't want another job. (laughs) Same. So here are a few more interesting facts about New Year's resolutions. Saving money is generally one of the top five and also in the top five most commonly failed. Hmm. (laughs) That's sad. More than half said they failed in their resolution before the end of January. Yeah. 
And uh, this one. They're paying all their bills from December. It's a terrible time to try and start saving. It really is. Yeah. Yeah. Women make more health-focused resolutions, while men are more likely to go looking for that new job. (laughs) (laughs) Priorities. Mm. Hashtag priorities. That's an interesting commentary on our culture, too. Mm -hmm. It really is. So, last question. This is the essay portion of the quiz. I know you said we weren't doing resolutions this year, but are you guys doing any resolutions this year? No! I'm going to come up with these on the spot. Okay. If and memorizing the whole hymnal is not actually one of them. You know what? Let's just say, hypothetically, you are not committing at this point, but hypothetically, if you were to make a New Year's resolution for 2021, what would it be? I think these are ones that I always come back to. I remember making at least one of these a few years ago. One of them is to talk more regularly with my family. I, t- I talk with my parents every week, but the rest of my family too, like actually talk with them more regularly. Read more books. I think that was one of mine last year and I succeeded last year in reading more books thanks to the Ladies' Lounge book club that made me actually Woo-hoo! find audiobooks that are a life changer. So read even more books. Hmm. Oh, and, an, and I do want to actually do a new analog hobby. There's so many options. I have latch hook rug kits <gasps> from my husband's grandpa. <laughs> That have been sitting in our house for so long. One of them is a latch hook Christmas tree skirt that I'm pretty sure like five or six or seven or ten years ago, (laughs) I said, I'm going to finish this for Christmas. And it is still in the package. (laughs) (laughs) How to finish that. (laughs) All right. I was thinking about this the other night. And I don't know how it's going to work, but I would like to try. I would like to learn how to roller skate. Yes. That's it. That's okay. beautiful. That's a good goal. Uh-huh. I'm trying to learn how to roller skate. Do roller I'll do it with you. Throw some bows. Will you really? Yes. I love Let's roller skating. Let's, Let's do it. Let's do it. The last time I roller skated was two years ago, and I barely did it well, and I, like, broke my entire body. Wait, are, are you talking about that. the roller skates that have, that have the four wheels, like, on four corners, or roller blades that are all in a row? Roller skates on the four corners. Sweet. Let's do it. Okay. Okay. I'm, I'm not with you. <laughs> That's I'm okay. Not. Yeah. yeah. I had a bad experience. We used to go to roller rings all the time when I was in grade school. And it was so fun. And I Skate had the, like adjustable plastic roller skates. So you could just like clip onto your Clamp shoes. On when your you're- shoes. Yes. I love oh, those Oh, yeah. So I had those too. Do they make adult versions of those? Because I, I don't know, but they had that that trademark like <laughs> clink 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 yes. that that like m- the sound it made when you were roller skating. Yes. You don't need them as adults because your feet don't grow. They got those when you were kids yes. so that your parents didn't have to buy you new roller skates every year. That's a good point. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Bree, I wish you well on that resolution. Thank you. I I have a metal plate in my ankle that says I will not be joining you. But, okay. uh, <laughs> I'm ready to Can break find myself. the joy. Erin, <laughs> your resolution. My resolution is I really want to this year. I want to get my I want to get my nano reef going. I've been wanting to do this for years. This this in 2020. That was like my big research year for the hobby. But now I want to actually make it happen. 
So I want to start my nano reef, which is just for those who maybe are confused by the words that don't usually happen in conversation. It's a miniature saltwater reef aquarium, very small, like maybe just 10 gallons. So small saltwater reef aquarium, nano reef. And I really want to try, finally do this. I want to, I want to have it in my house this year. I want that. That sounds awesome. How did I know that you would have the coolest resolution, Erin? <laughs> that's who no she is, that. guys. There's no topping that. And that's okay. You are good at hobbies. Right. Expert hobbyist. Mm-hmm. Yes. Fine. Well, my I usually go fancy for resolutions, but last year I had one, and that was to survive my husband's first overseas deployment and i did i'm so you did it. So, this has got to so be the happy. first time i ever set a resolution and managed to keep it <laughs> that's a good and one to actually keep <laughs> yeah that's but i think for next year i've been giving this a lot of thought because as we mentioned even though screen addiction is a huge facet of our culture it wasn't it's not a popular resolution because people realize they can't realistically give it up. I could well, it's even a problem. I couldn't yeah. have this these chats with you guys if I uh-huh. actually got my technology addiction under control. But I was thinking the reason that I'm so prone to waste my time in that particular way is not because I love it, but because I need more analog hobbies, probably. <laughs> no, but because of various things that are maybe missing from my life and to really give some thought to how I can fill my life with good things and also to embrace a love of quietness in the mm. mind so that I'm more comfortable sitting in silence and meditation and also have more things to do that keep me from being sucked into the vortex of <laughs> the small glowing rectangle. The so I guess scrolling. Yeah. So Dude, quitting Facebook this year was the best thing I ever did. I know. I so know. good. So good. So assuming that I can't actually completely forever quit Facebook, social media, all the rest, understanding what is it that makes me so vulnerable to it and trying yeah. to address those those areas so embracing quietness of the mind and real life activities privileging real life activities over virtual that's going to be my 2021 resolution that's a good one those are all very excellent resolutions but i won't have a nano reef at the end of the year so (laughs) can i ask you a question if you build a nano reef can i buy one of the corals that you want and like dedicate it to myself like can it be like a like a tribute? Can we put a tribute reef in there? Yeah. With a plaque. Yeah, we can do that. Yeah, can we put a plaque on the aquarium tank? And you can know, I name I'm it? Not sure are the aesthetics of that are gonna work. Are there um, recognition opportunities? But I'm sure we could spoken like a true fundraiser. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> in honor of myself. I'm sure, we can, I'm sure we can come to a, to a happy agreement. Thanks. Yeah. Please let it be a castle. 
the Brie Guzewski Memorial Castle in Erin's yes! Gallery. Yes. I can see that. Yes. I love it. That's, That's great. Amazing. That's amazing. As long as you also have a pink couch in the middle of it. Wow. Yes. Well, I was sort of imagining it was going to be more, I don't know, classy aquarium. <laughs> what are you saying exactly? What I mean, I wanted to, like, it's not going to be like nature, but I wanted to sort of imitate nature, and pink couches do not occur in nature. Well, to be fair, our coral reefs are rather polluted. So you're going to need. There's some- maybe a pink couch in the Great Barrier Reef right you're now. You're going to need some debris to make it legit. I'll see what I can do. Okay. <laughs> maybe what there's a reef do. species out there called, or coral species out there called pink couch. Like, who knows? Maybe. <laughs> maybe. We'll see. Okay. Well, thank you guys for this wonderful journey romp through new year's past and present i would like to close with a little snippet from one of luther's new year's sermons uh which of course is not actually explicitly on new year's it's on the circumcision and naming of jesus because of course (laughs) but i thought that this little quote was a a useful one to think about as we as we contemplate making resolutions, if you choose to make them and you don't have to, but making our resolutions in joy and faith in order to give thanks to God and grow in grace, but not because we have to earn his favor like the those Babylonians and Romans did, that this is not, our salvation does not ride on our ability to make and keep New Year's resolutions and thank heaven for that. Mm. Mm-hmm. So here is a little Martin Luther for your day. Now, as circumcision signifies our faith, as we have heard, because he did just talk a lot about circumcision. So the naming of children signifies that by faith we have a name and are known before God. What then is our name? Doubtless as Christ gives us all that is his, so he also gives his name to us. Behold, there is therefore no measure to the dignity and honor of a Christian. These are the superabundant riches of his goodness, which he pours out upon us so that our heart may be free, joyous, peaceable, and unterrified, and willingly and cheerfully keep the law. Amen. Amen. So so as we make our resolutions that are mostly law-based, let's admit, all about doing (laughs) things better, remember that we are set free to willingly and cheerfully honor God with our lives by the grace uh, that is poured out upon us in Christ Jesus. Mm. So happy new years. Happy new Happy new, year. happy new years. <laughs> Ladies, we'd love to hear your, if you have resolutions, we'd love to hear them. <laughs> you can join us in the Lutheran ladies lounge Facebook group. You can find all of our podcasts at kfuo.org slash Lutheran Ladies Lounge or on your favorite podcasting app. You're listening to the Lutheran Ladies Lounge podcast. I'm Sarah. I'm Erin. I'm going to skate. <laughs> and I am so not. You have fun, though. Views and opinions expressed on the Lutheran Ladies' Lounge podcast may not represent the official position of the management or ownership of KFUO Radio, the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. 
The Lutheran Ladies' Lounge is produced by KFUO Radio and available at kfuo.org or wherever you get your podcasts. Join our community on Facebook in the Lutheran Ladies' Lounge. I almost forgot to say my name. <laughs> <laughs>